it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is your go-home show for Survivor Series from the Raw brand. This is your Raw review for November 15th, 2021. And I'm going to say it. This was a frustrating evening. Survivor Series for at least the last couple of years, few years, Last year, you know, because of COVID, there's been amazing invasion angles. Normally, they start out two to three weeks beforehand. Somebody will come over, cause some, you know, cause a ruckus, and then it would get, you know, retaliation. Every year since. NXT is just gotten worse. Now, this year, I was figuring, you know, it's the last week. We should get something, right? We would hope. And while we did get something, it's not what I hoped for. Um, or at least I hoped for more, I should say. I had uh, some expectations and uh, seemed to turn into the norm for Monday Night Raw as of late. They did not meet. Friday will will give me a little bit more hope going into the pay-per-view on Sunday. And also, can we talk about how this has been... series build in quite some time i honestly if they hadn't have said it as many times as they had tonight i would have forgotten that this was survivor series week it just they don't seem to put any effort into this anymore and i don't understand why the fans are back you think they'd pump you know as much excitement into these things because people like survivor series it's a fun pay-per-view it's basically what night of champions was supposed to be (laughs) you know you you get your your best versus your best your champs versus your champs 
you get your five on five elimination tag matches and it's just supposed to be a good time but this year it felt like they put no effort into it now they have tried to mix things up because I, 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 I'm pretty sure they realized that they dropped the ball terribly when it came to announcing their Survivor Series teams on Twitter. Instead of on television, there were no qualifying matches. There was nothing. They were just like, oh, here's your teams. Enjoy. And the internet came together and shadow over it, which they should have. Because that was, I don't know who came up with that decision, but it was an awful decision. You need to, you need to put stuff like this on television. People need to have eyeballs on it. I get it. You probably get more, you know, reactions and stuff on Twitter. But for the casual viewer who doesn't follow WWE social, who watches the shows, you need to put this on there. So I feel like that was a huge mistake by them. Um, And I should have realized at that point that they probably just don't care at this point when it comes to that. And it's, it's, it's upsetting to see a company that I've, I've backed for probably a good 20 plus years at this point. And not only because, you know, they were the only one on the, you know, the only one around since, you know, the early 2000s, but they were putting on some good, entertaining shows. You know, uh, outside of the Attitude Era, the best time that they had was when Raw versus SmackDown was a thing. You know, the, the brands going against one another was some some of the best stuff that they put out. And now it's beyond an afterthought. And it's it's just frustrating to see how they just don't seem to care about one of their oldest pay-per-views that they have. And, and they wonder why people flock over to the competition. And I say competition because that's exactly what they are. And it's just... It's... It's just sad. It's just sad. But... We'll uh, we'll get through this show. It wasn't a it wasn't a terrible show, but it was very. What's the word I want to find here? Uneventful, and and that's another thing that's frustrating. This is a go home show for a pay per view, and I feel like they they didn't do anything with it. But starting off the show, we had Biggie come out trying to you know get the crowd going and talking about how he's going to come after roman you know beat him like he stole something for what he did to the rest of the new day and of course after that he turns his attention to kevin owens after what happened on last week's uh raw with ko attacking uh biggie after his match with rollins and ko is heel KO again. This is probably the for me anyways, the best part of the show. Heel Kevin Owens is back. 
he blames Big E for this turn and says that he's going to be worse than anything people have ever seen of him on WWE television. And if that if that's even half as bad as what Kevin Steen used to be, then I'll be happy. But we'll see what happens. So after that, um, KO talked about how he was going to go in the ring and beat up Big E, and then he turned around and just kind of left the stage. Caused Big E to get out of the ring, start walking up the, the stage, and then he was then he was attacked by the Usos. So at this point, and this is like five, ten minutes into the show. I'm like, yes, invasion. Something good from SmackDown coming over. Let's go. All right. All right. Awesome. So they start beating up Big E. Beat him down, leave him in the ring, and then they start talking some smack about RK Bro because the Usos and RK Bro will be fighting one another at Survivor Series, which should be a really good match. Riddle decides once again, I'm sure, against Randy's wishes, comes out, tries to attack New Day, uh, tries to attack the Usos to save Big E. Sonya then comes out, makes a tag match, and we have the Usos versus Big E and matt riddle (laughs) and to add an extra little spice into it seth rollins decides to come out and set a commentary so as the tag match is going on seth rollins being seth rollins as he is just talking lots of smack biggie ends up coming over to that general area seth gets up um biggie's like, I'm not putting up with your shit. Throws one of the Usos at Seth. Seth starts yelling at him. Big E drops him. Gets back in the ring. And then Seth gets in the ring, attacks, causes, causes the disqualification. And then Randy Orton decides to finally come out. Looks like he finally showed up for work. Comes in, slides in the ring, does his RKO because that's what Randy does. Go to break, and I'm like, oh, gee, I wonder if we're going to have a six-person tag after this. And lo and behold, look at that. We have a six-person tag. And then to top it all off, Seth Rollins gets the pin for himself and the Usos, which, if you think about it, kind of works, obviously, for him because now he's making himself more known for Big E. Um, But before this segment ends, Big E gets the last laugh over the Usos and send his own message to Roman going into Survivor Series. So that match, I think for me, is going to be a really, really fun match to watch. Um... Again, I don't see Roman losing that because nobody's been able to touch the Tribal Chief. But I think Big E will definitely give him his run, uh, give him a run for his money. But that's Sunday. So after this, we had a women's match between Bianca Belair and Tamina. Um, looks like Dewdrop will be coming after Bianca after. Survivor Series. Bianca does get the quick win over Tamina. Some uh, impressive display of strength once again, getting Tamina up for the KOD. 
Um, but like I said, Dewdrop comes out and says she's next to take her on. I'm really hoping that one of two things happens here. Dewdrop now is clearly the heel in this thing, and so her music needs to change. Uh, number one. Number two, her name needs to change. She needs to go back to being Piper or Viper Niven. I don't care which one. Just get rid of Dewdrop. It was a, it is a terrible name. Eva Marie's gone. There's no need to keep this name anymore. Just do it. Anybody who's above the age of five will understand that the, her name was not really Dewdrop. It just it just makes sense at this point. Just make the switch. After that, we had a big time Bex herself, Becky Lynch, come down to the ring and address some of the statements that Charlotte Flair made this previous Friday on SmackDown. And things got a little real. For those of you who weren't paying attention, uh, there was some backstage issues going on between Charlotte and Becky after the title swap, uh, after the, after the draft, draft finally took hold. And I feel like this match on Sunday is going to be highly emotional. And it could be ugly. Um, so we'll see. But after that, or I should say before this ended... Liv Morgan made her appearance talking about how she's tired of waiting and it's her turn and she's here to take the title away from, from Becky. Becky counters with the, oh, I, we know you, you you told the world about how, you know, what we talked about before I left for you know being pregnant, gone for a year and a half, and you haven't done anything and blah, 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 blah. And then altercation. Becky tries to do her manhandle slam and or her rock bottom-esque type move. And Liv counters it into an arm drag. And I was like, oh, that's a really cool counter. Lo and behold, somebody posted this later that Eddie Guerrero did the exact same thing to The Rock. And I was like, oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Also, you know, on Sunday being the 16-year anniversary of us losing one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. Uh, so it's nice to see the homage still happening and the tributes. It's nice. I like it. After that, tag team action. The Street Profits took on the Alpha Academy and... I don't care what anybody says. Heel Otis is the best Otis. It's just... He's... He's... His character change is just outstanding. I love it. Uh, What he's doing with Chad Gable is fantastic. Chad, in his own right, is severely underutilized. I'm glad he's he's being used on TV more often. And the Street Profits are the Street Profits. They're just fantastic. Um, especially Montez Ford, like that man, I swear, has, you know, Google gadget legs. And it's just, it's insane. Um, 
fantastic finish as well. I like these simple things that just work. Chad doing crossbody off the top. Montez able to roll through it and gets the high pin on Gable. So I'm assuming this feud between these two teams is not over. And honestly, I'm very happy to see this going. Up next, we had two back-to-back singles matches um, as Nikki A.S.H. took on Queen Zelina Vega. And then Rhea Ripley took on Carmella. Obviously, you have the two tag teams that are fighting with one another. The classic thing is to put them through the singles matches against each other. Um, and as always, there's it goes one and one. Uh, Zelina, uh, Queen picking up a win over Nikki A.S.H., which I believe is her sixth straight singles victory in a row, which is pretty impressive. And Rhea Ripley was able to beat Carmella. So after that, there was a match made a little earlier in the night. Uh, they interviewed, or somebody was interviewing Kevin Owens and KO basically just saying, hey, I don't care what people think. I'm here. I'm going to be a jerk because um, you, you people deserve me to be that way. And then Finn walks by, Finn Balor, says that, oh, I'm sorry I wasn't here last week, you know, to, to talk, you know, about, you know, what was going on. And I would have told you to your face that I don't trust you because you're an asshole. <laughs> So he said he spoke with the authority, which I was like, oh, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon are at the show. And why, why, why weren't they on TV? Like, what's going on? Not really. Uh, he tells KO that they're going to have themselves a match tonight. And uh, for me, I was very excited because these two are fantastic wrestlers. And they had their match. And oh, my goodness. It was good. KO with the big victory, obviously keeping himself strong as he continues to chase Big E for the WWE Championship. So I like the fact that there are multiple people coming after Biggie's title, which is always good. <sighs> Don't know who's going to get the first crack at it. Will there be a triple threat after Survivor Series? I don't know. But it's nice to have multiple options to look at. And honestly, Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens would be a fine opponent for Big E. If anything, it'll help legitimize Big E's title run, or we could have ourselves a surprise, and one of those two could take the title from him. So, who knows? After that, more tag team action as AJ Styles and Domas took on and defeated the Dirty Dogs. Now, I do love Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. And I love the whole Dirty Dog's name. I just, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot of fun to watch. But the fact that they just got utterly destroyed by AJ and Omos, just, while I understand why they did it, I just, I don't feel like it's done anything for AJ and Omos since they're already proven to be a dominant force in the tag team division already. So, I guess this was just to squash the, you know, the beef from last week with the eight man tag that didn't really end up going anywhere. But AJ and Omos, I'm assuming, will be going on their own. And 
maybe try to go after RK Bro. We'll see. Our main event for the night was Rey Mysterio versus the almighty Bobby Lashley. Now, Rey, earlier in the night, made a fatal mistake in trying to challenge Adam Pierce. Well, try to challenge his manhood, stating that he had made a verbal agreement to put Dominic in the men's Survivor Series match for Raw. And then what happened last week with Adam Pierce putting Dominic in a match against Lashley, and the winner would take the spot. Since Ray was so bold, Pierce was like, All right, fine. Now you get to face off against Bobby Lashley. Well, that match went about as well as you thought it would. Rey Mysterio go put to sleep, tapping out to the hurt lock. And then Adam Pierce, of course, with the salt to rub on that wound, decides to come out and stay for the safety and for the better, you know. Yeah, for the safety of Rey Mysterio, he's going to remove him as well from the men's Survivor Series team. So, Raw was down in man, but that spot was quickly filled because Dominic was in the ring to look over his father. Austin Theory decided to come in the ring, lay out Dominic. Adam Pierce comes back out and goes, Austin Theory, I like the way you do handle business. So, replacing Rey Mysterio will be Austin Theory. Now, is Austin Theory on the same wavelength as Rey Mysterio, talent-wise? No, not at all. Obviously not. Is it a weird power move to have two heel authority members now again? Not really. Do I like this move? Yes. Um... I love Ray. I love what he's doing with his son. But Survivor Series needs to also be about fresher faces. Um, so putting Austin Theory into this match works. Um, I'm still dumbfounded about SmackDown's women's side and men's side. Sami Zayn should also be in that match, and so should Aaliyah, but they're not. So we have this air of mystery. We don't know what's going to happen. Sure, on Friday we'll get some answers. If not, maybe we'll have a surprise participant at on Sunday. Who knows? If that's the case, then for me, that's actually a good thing because it adds that layer of mystery. You don't know what's going to happen. It's going to suck when it comes to making picks, but it is what it is. But that being said, that was the show tonight. Like I said, it wasn't a terrible show. It was just severely underwhelming, especially for a go-home show into one of the big five pay-per-views. I expected a lot more. Um, Disappointed that the fact that we didn't get anything really besides the 30-plus minutes of the Usos being in the very beginning of the show. Nobody else from SmackDown showed up, so it's... It doesn't really bode well going into SmackDown on Friday that somebody from Raw would come over. Maybe Biggie, but that's probably about it. Um, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. The day, or I should say that the week is still young. 
We got NXT coming up tomorrow on Tuesday. We'll make sure we get that NXT narrative out. Make sure that the file actually holds <laughs> so we don't have a repeat of last week. Apologies again for that. I appreciate all of you who went out and downloaded it after the fact. We really, truly appreciate all you guys' support. Um, if you guys don't already, please follow us on Twitter at Above the Ring. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Above the Ring. You can find myself pretty much everywhere as Cardi J Stream, and you can find this podcast on basically every podcasting platform that is out there. If it, you guys use one that we're not a part of, let us know. We'll add ourselves to it. That way you can do all your one-stop shopping for your podcast and add a little bedlam to your day from above the ring. Also, out there in the internets, if we're not somewhere that you guys frequent, let us know. Again, we'll add ourselves to it. We'll start spreading the bedlam, speaking the word of bedlam, and just having some fun from above the ring. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Again, we have a full lineup again this week. We have, uh, obviously, this raw review that you're listening to. We have the NXT narrative. Then we will have the SmackDown study and our Survivor Series pre-show and go home or pre-show and post-show. So, guys, thank you again. We truly appreciate you. Hope you all have a wonderful evening. Most importantly, though, please do not forget to ship it and join the Bedlam. Have a good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.